Hello and welcome to The Rational Live. I'm your host, David Dole. I don't know why I'm dressed so nice today. It's been a very long and exhausting week. Uh, I am overwhelmed this week, as I think a lot of people are from all the news and everything going on. And tonight there's a debate on a Friday. Why? So I'm not sure if I'm going to cover this debate. Um, I mean, like live. I'll cover it afterwards, I'm sure. But uh, if I do cover it, it'll be on Twitch because I can't stream, you know, like uh, cable news content on, on YouTube. So I will potentially do it on Twitch. But considering how, how, how tired I am right now <laughs> at three in the afternoon, I don't know. No guarantees. But um, before I get give you the, the summary of uh, today's show, of course, check out this rationalnational.com slash join um that i can't this really bugs me that this is overlapping on top of my name key but i can't change that right now um so you go there go to the patreon page you can become a member there's also a million ways to become a member or help support the show you can be a youtube member you can um uh send money on paypal send super chats uh stream labs donation link everything's below the video in the description box to help me and the show and what else? Oh, yes. I want to grow my Facebook page. Now, this is not something that I put that I put a lot of work into, really. Um, but it is something that is important uh, moving forward because there is there is a massive audience on Facebook that largely skews a little older. And it's important to get, you know, these videos out, this information out to people that maybe generally aren't on YouTube. So um, facebook.com slash TRN show. So it's the same handle as the Twitter handle for my my uh, for my show, TRN show. And you'll find it. I want to get to 10,000 followers on Facebook. I'm at 6,000 right now. So get me up on Facebook. That will uh, help a lot. And today's show. So let me uh, give you a little, a little rundown here. Um... what Mike Bloomberg said about Bernie Sanders and his ability to beat Donald Trump. <laughs> Get to that in a minute. Uh, Pete Buttigieg and actually multiple things about Buttigieg, I think, um, coming up. Andrew Yang appears to be winding down his campaign, what that might mean for the race. Uh, CNN, of course, we're going to go over, you know, Iowa, how <laughs> CNN treated it last night at the town hall. Uh, declaring Pete the winner, even though their own reporting was contradicting that. So I'm going to go through that. Also, Greta Thunberg throws shade at Justin Trudeau, which was great. Uh, some highlights from Bernie Sanders at the town hall. Um, what led to Bernie's win in Iowa. So I'm going to break down his racially diverse turnout. And also, of course, tweets of the week and polls of the week and where Bernie sits right now before New Hampshire on, uh, I guess, Tuesday. All right. And also, I'll take Super Chats throughout this. We have a new member. Hello, Truth Seeker. Welcome. Um, so I see one Super Chat right now. Uh, TBF, Mayor Pete has no path to victory. He's acting as a perfect foil to Biden. This is from Jonathan Harvell. Um, and could end up sinking them both. Uh... Maybe. It's really... So, yeah, no, I agree with you that Pete has no path to victory, but he could win New Hampshire. 
And if he wins New Hampshire, who the hell knows uh, what's possible? So, um, yeah, I Iowa has me so angry and depressed and overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm just I, I I can't wait to be done with Iowa and we all move on. And hopefully, it has no real bearing on on the race ultimately. But we'll have to see. Um, let me get a couple more super chats here before I get started. Uh, Pet May, Pet May something says, um, Bernie has won Iowa officially. I'm so confused. So nobody's really officially won Iowa. Bernie has the popular vote. So he, I mean, definitely beat everybody else in the actual vote totals. Um, the, there, the caucus was, uh, the results were riddled with mistakes that were not corrected once they declared that Pete won by, I think, like 1 or 2.5 uh, state delegate equivalents. But, or I think it's 1.5 state delegate equivalents. Um, but all the errors show that actually Bernie would win state delegates if the errors are corrected. I don't know what's going to go on with those errors if, if they are actually doing a re-canvas and recounting everything. I'll discuss more of that when I get to the story on that. But um, who else? Jen Pepper says, good day to you. Good day to you, Jen. All right. I'll get more super chats later. Let's uh, let me get started with just this, just this fun, just this fun clip, just to <laughs> kind of give you an example of the entire week. This right here. At, uh, for Joe Biden uh, and Bernie Sanders will be quite competitive there. Yes, the audio's gone out. That's not me. That's the video. All right, I think we uh, may have lost that Matt's audio there. Matt uh, Visor. <laughs> so look New at the Hampshire moment the video goes, the audio uh, goes uh, out. Uh, for Joe Biden uh, and Bernie Sanders will be quite competitive there. <laughs> like, I'm sure. All right, I think we. I'm sure it's a coincidence, but it's just hilarious. Like, <laughs> there's a guy on cable news saying Bernie has a great chance. Mike cut off. All right. That's just a little taste of what I, uh, of, of today, I guess. Let me uh, get to the real story that I'm going to start with. Uh, all right. I'll start with this one. So Cornell West knows Pete Buttigieg. He actually knew Buttigieg's father and knew Pete when he was still in diapers. So I'm going to play this clip, but I'm also going to show you a few examples of why Pete Buttigieg can't be trusted. These are some of these examples I've gone over in past videos. I've discussed Pete Buttigieg at length before, but now that he is, you know, or was essentially neck and neck with Sanders in Iowa, at least in terms of state delegates, not the popular or not the popular vote. Bernie beat Pete in the popular vote, but state delegates, they are fairly tied. Um, I think it's important to highlight how horrible of a candidate Pete Buttigieg is. So let me first show you this clip from uh, uh, Cornell West. But no, brother, brother, brother Pete, but brother Pete is like family to me. You know, his father was the great Joseph Buttigieg who translated Antonio Gramsci. He was the Dean of Humanities at, at Notre Dame, and he was like a blood brother with me. We used to go to Italy every summer. And so I remember Pete when he was in diapers. I remember I gave him his first $5 deep bill right in his diaper. So I love that brother as family, you see. And so I see him, I give him a hug. I said, please give me a hug to Ann. Brother Joseph died a year ago and so forth. But I tell Pete up front, 
I said, now you know when it comes to the legacy of Graham, she, Brother Pete wrote his senior thesis on who? Does anybody know who he wrote it on? He wrote it on Brother Bernie as exemplar of integrity. He lived in my same room as a freshman at Harvard, Hallworthy 8. We lived in the same room, but 35 years different, you see. So he's like family, but I'm just honest with him. I say, brother, now you know I can't support you. <laughs> I love you to death. You're going to be a member of the family. All, but you just part of that same milk toast neoliberal crowd I've been critical of all this time. I can't support you, brother. Not at all. You see. Now, is he better than Trump? Of course he's better than Trump. All of y'all better than, I mean, the, <laughs> the bars about this love. So this is, I don't know. So many things come to me watching this clip because it, like on one hand, it really, it shows you Pete is fully aware of what Bernie Sanders is discussing, what he's fighting for, should be aware that that is the correct way to go. The fact that his father was a Marxist involved in, you know, movements like this and Pete Buttigieg is just a through and through neoliberal. Like, it makes me question everything Pete ever says. How can you possibly trust this man when he his positions have shifted all over the place? Um, he lies again and again. Lies about what kind of support he has. Lie, talked about how he had all this all the support from um, prominent black figures in South Carolina. Turns out he made that all up. I mean, you go through. There are so many issues with Pete Buttigieg that the media has not focused on that has allowed him to continue this race and been able to almost win Iowa and is now competing in New Hampshire. So it's crazy. And um, when it comes to his father, so I'm not a you know an expert on Gramsci, but essentially uh, he uh, discussed cultural hegemony, which is the ruling class essentially using culture to keep people stuck into this capitalist worldview. And that's neoliberalism. Like, <laughs> that's, what, that's what they do. So the fact that his father, like, helped translate that, and how Pete Buttigieg is involved in the exact criticisms that Gramsci had, it's just, the whole thing is nuts. Now, I also want to share some other links here. Um, Nathan J. Robinson, one of my favorite writers right now. Uh, this is a, an older piece, but you have to read this. Like, if, if you haven't read this, or if, you, if, you, if you've read this, Send this to friends and family. It's at currentaffairs.org. Look, uh, or just look up Mayor Pete and Current Affairs, and you will find this article, and it dives into how much of a careerist Pete Buttigieg is and how he actually doesn't really care about people. Um, so Nathan J. Robinson tweets out about his piece here saying, Mayor Pete is an amoral, hollow careerist who will say anything to get elected and believes in nothing except the pursuit of status, of status and power. It is shocking to me that there can be anyone who still does not realize this. Yep. And, I mean, you look at who funds him. Warren Gunnels breaks this down here. Pete has collected more campaign cash from Wall Street than any other White House hopeful, over $3 million. Pete supported a Medicare for All single-payer system until he started raking in cash from big drug and insurance companies. Unacceptable. So, this link goes into... Um, Bernie Sanders and his criticism of Pete having to do with, with taking that money. Also, I like to see this. 
Bernie Sanders going directly after Pete Buttigieg, saying this election is fundamentally about whose side you were on. Hashtag Pete's billionaires. And you can see all these headlines here. Forbes, Buttigieg has most exclusive billionaire donors of any Democrat. The Hill, Pete Buttigieg tops billionaire donor list. Fortune, Pete Buttigieg takes lead as a big business candidate in 2020 field. Uh, the Washington Post, The Finance 202, Pete Buttigieg lures even closer uh, look from Wall Street donors following strong Iowa caucus performance. And um, Forbes here, here are the billionaires backing Pete Buttigieg's presidential campaign. So you do any research at all on this man and you will see how empty he is. And if you don't believe me, look at this quote that he posted on Twitter. Uh, this was last night. What the hell does this mean? <laughs> this doesn't mean anything. The shape of our democracy is the issue that affects every other issue. He's posting this like it's some wise quote. Oh, Pete Buttigieg. People will be quoting this for years, a hundred years into the future. They'll look back and quote Pete Buttigieg saying, the shape of our democracy is the issue that affects every other issue. There's nothing here. There's nothing here. And, uh, Buttigieg appears to be taking some support from Elizabeth Warren, some support from Klobuchar, some support from Biden. So that's what's kind of helping him right now uh, in this lead up to uh, New Hampshire, even though he has <laughs> essentially 0% uh, support from the black community. And again, you look into his history with the black community, it's no shock as to why. So if Buttigieg gets vetted at all by the media, at some point, and look, online publications have vetted him, but in terms of cable news vetting him, or just at least discussing some of these issues, he will tank immediately. But they keep, you know, putting all their hate, all their focus towards Bernie Sanders, and anything that anybody else does. I mean, Biden, Joe Biden keeps lying about his civil rights record. That's never brought up on cable news. I mean, Biden tanked in, in Iowa without that even being uh, discussed. Like, imagine if, if the media actually focused on Biden's issues, how, how poor he would do. And he's still tanked. So just if they even lay a finger on any of these people, they would be annihilated. On top of that, if Bernie Sanders lays a finger on any of these people, they could be uh, annihilated. He has to do it at the, at the, uh, the debate tonight. He has to go, over, uh, go at Pete Buttigieg. Uh, and I think he will. I mean, as I showed you, uh, it appears he's doing it right now on online. So he may bring this up on the debate stage tonight. So uh, look for that. All right. Let me take some. Let me take some super chats. Do I look a little exhausted? <laughs> or a little maybe tired of this BS? It's just constant. It's constant. It's unbelievable the amount of bull crap. I think I would say the SH word. I may get demonetized. <laughs> so the amount of bull crap that is uh, that we have to, you know, accept again and again and again is just incredible. Okay, let me get some of these super chats here. Nick says the only positive thing here, uh, this might make Bernie more aggressive. Yes, I hope so. And it appears that might be the case. Anthony Gonzalez says, I got info from a Bernie precinct captain about a Pete person changing vote totals. How can I pass the links? Uh, how can I pass you the links with the information? 
I'm not the person you should be telling. I have no power in this in this situation. Um, I would, you know, if you're on Twitter, message people that are involved in the process. Um, the camp, the Bernie campaign, whoever. Uh, I can't do anything about it. But I'm going to go over it in a minute here. I think it's my next story. Um, some of those problems. So just wait for that. Uh, Iron Nerdy Girl says climate change is supposedly a hoax. Meanwhile, in Antarctica today, it's 65 degrees. <laughs> yes, I saw that. Uh, I think it's like 18 degrees Celsius. 18 degrees Celsius right now in Antarctica or 65 degrees Fahrenheit. That's ridiculous. It's warmer in Antarctica right now than it is in Toronto. <laughs> it's just, it's unbelievable. And all these half measures, if that, quarter measures when it comes to climate change, not even just from the U.S., which you're really, you're really getting much of nothing except, you know, certain states like California, but like Canada, Trudeau, Australia, all dropping the ball. Yeet the Rich says, support Bernie by supporting progressive media. Yes, I second that. Uh, Sin Ray says, talk about how Hillary is still bashing Bernie. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. You know what's funny about that story? So that came out yesterday. She was on Ellen. Hillary was apparently bashing Bernie again. It made a couple headlines, but people stopped talking about it. I like, <laughs> even like, I don't think I even saw CNN bring it up. Like, we're, everybody now just kind of expects it. Like, oh, Hillary's being a whack job again. Okay. Like, it's just, it's whatever. I, I'm not going to give her the time of day. Um, and if anything, it helps Bernie. Every time she attacks him, he raises in, uh, he gets more donations. So it's all good. Uh, Karen Sheets says, please tell us all the theories of what happened. So I've already covered Iowa in like four different videos. Um, I'm going to cover it again in a minute. But um, I, I'm not going to give, like, I don't know. I don't have any theories. I just think it's... Uh, or I should say, I don't really like to develop theories. I just see what happened, and then I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but clearly there is obviously a, a slant against Bernie Sanders, at, at the very least. Um, Andrew Dwyer says, should more progressives state their case on Fox? Uh, sure, but who? I mean... The only, there's only one progressive in the race, so I guess I'd like to see AOC on Fox if she's invited on there. But for the most part, we're kind of stuck with... Uh, I mean, Fox is a whole echo chamber. So, yeah, it's good to have Bernie on there when he's inv invited, but for the most part, I just write them off completely. Like, I don't... <laughs> you can talk to the people there in person. Like, if you know family members who are who watch Fox all day, then engage them in person. But um, having one segment out of the countless hours that Fox News puts out where you have a progressive on. I don't know how much long-term effect that really has. But clearly, at least the Bernie Town Hall, like six months back, I, I do think was a positive thing. All right. So this video recently uh, was spread on social media of Michael Bloomberg talking about Bernie Sanders and Donald Trump. Now, this is a short clip but it's worth sharing. There was a guy, Bernie Sanders, who would have beaten Donald Trump. The polls show he would have walked away with it. But Hillary Clinton got the nomination for a variety of reasons. There was a guy. That's 10 seconds. All Bernie Sanders has to do, if Michael Bloomberg ever becomes an issue, 
put that into an official <laughs> Bernie Sanders ad. Just clip out, like even take out the Hillary part. Just put in the first eight seconds. There was a guy, Bernie Sanders, who would have beaten Donald Trump. The polls show he would have walked away with it. Boom. Stick those six seconds into a Bernie ad, combine it with some other stuff. There you go. <laughs> Actually, this is what you could do. You can add this clip to this. Bloomberg plagiarized parts of at least eight of his plans. So this is a recent story in The Intercept. Um, let me just read a little bit here just to give you the uh, overview. Mike Bloomberg's uh, campaign plagiarized portions of its plans for maternal health, LGBTQ equality, the economy, tax policy, infrastructure, and mental health from research publications, media outlets, and a number of nonprofit educational and policy groups. That can go into an ad to attack Bloomberg again if Bloomberg ever becomes an issue. Uh, like sometimes I think we latch on to narratives that really are never going to become anything because they have no real support. Yes, Michael Bloomberg is buying a ton of ads. Yes, he has clearly grown support in the polls because of it. But at some point, I think there's, you know, there's a point of diminishing returns when it comes to how much support a billionaire can actually buy. Because if you have no real connection to anybody and all you're doing is buying airtime and getting your name out there, name recognition is only going to take you so far. So I, like the moment you start attacking someone like that, you can take them down pretty easily because already the like the the image that people have in their head is very fresh of who this person is that all you got to do is show them another side and then quickly it changes their opinion on who that person is but um they can also discuss this in an ad potentially uh mike bloomberg is paying influence influencers to make him seem cool so this is uh, i read the story it is it's the kind of thing that you know companies do to try and spread their their product out there they pay influencers to talk about the product michael bloomberg is doing that with his campaign because he has no real again no real support no so especially no support from young people so he has to fake it by trying to uh pay influencers to talk about how awesome mike bloomberg is it's again any of these things like this is all he's a paper tiger you can attack him and this stuff would just completely uh he would just collapse there's also this two members of dnc rules committee are simultaneously working on bloomberg's presidential campaign one was just nominated by dnc chair tom perez to be a vice chair of the convention rules committee so this is another way in how the dnc is trying to rig the process against bernie sanders if bernie doesn't hit um, above 50% of the delegates by the convention. So this is the kind of crap uh, we're up against. And let's just be completely honest. If they do, if Bernie wins the most delegates, even if it's not half, but if he wins the most delegates, if he comes out of this primary with the most delegates and they, and they screw him, I'm not going to tell you to vote for Bernie Sanders. Or I'm sorry, I'm not going to tell you to vote for, for the Democratic nominee. Because I, how could I tell you that after the candidate was just completely screwed by the party. So, look, I don't want to think ahead to that because right now the fight's in front of us and um, it does look like Bernie can absolutely win the most delegates and become the nominee. But if the party screws him, I'm not going to be the one to tell you to, uh, you know, bow your head and vote Democrat because it just wouldn't... How could I? It would be a, a completely rigged process. So, just a little taste of who... Uh, 
Michael Bloomberg is and why, if he ever becomes an issue, why any small attack on him, focusing on any one of these things, I mean... I didn't even discuss stop and frisk and his whole uh, his whole history as as, uh, as New York's mayor. There is so much to go into when it comes to Michael Bloomberg. So, if if they launch any attack on him at all, if he becomes an issue, I don't think his support will hold up uh, for very long. Um, Justin Anderson says, "Will our revolution pack be brought up tonight?" Mm, will our revolution pack be brought up tonight? In relation to what? Is there a story about this? I don't know. Um, Brandon J says, honestly, just curious. Do you ever remember the people that send you super chats and stuff? Do I remember them? I remember the names. Um, I think I've seen your name before. Uh, that said, I am bad with names. So if I do recognize your name, count yourself lucky because <laughs> I don't. The thing with me, I can meet somebody face to face, shake their hand, and then f- honestly forget their name two seconds later. And it's not because... You know, I'm a, I'm a rude person, but it's because I'm so focused on the, the social interaction and just hey, being like, oh, hey, nice to meet you, that I'm not actually like registering anything in, in that in that interaction. Um, but also, I'm just bad with names in general. So I don't know what to say about that. But um, all right. Next story. This is kind of a this is not really a story. Uh, I was almost going to leave with this with this clip, but I found the the Cornell West stuff better to uh, to start with. But um, I do want to share this. <laughs> so recently on social media, Pete Buttigieg, uh, his campaign posted a video of him from the CNN town hall, and something is different about it than the original video. So watch this, and uh, I'll discuss it. And statistically, we run the risk of being the first generation in American history to actually be worse off economically than our parents if nothing is done to change the trajectory of this economy. To me, that is not just a concern for our generation. It's a concern that calls on us to build an alliance among generations to try to make sure that the future really is better than the past. You don't get that by promising uh, to turn back the clock. You get that by finding ways to make change work for us before we're all disrupted out of a good livelihood by it. Let me introduce you to Tyler Lentz, who recently graduated from business school. They added applause in that clip. There is no reason to need to do that. Watch again. Watch the one on the right. Not just a concern for our generation. It's a concern that calls on us to build an alliance among generations to try to make sure that the future really is better than the past. You don't get that by promising. There's no applause there. They put that in. If Donald Trump did this, there would be, uh, you know, MSNBC segments about it. Morning Joe would be laughing about it. Uh, We'd all be laughing about it because it would be ridiculous. Pete does it. No one's going to cover this. (laughs) No one's going to talk about this. But if Trump did it, well... Can't believe how Trump is so self-absorbed. He had to add applause into the, the clip of him where there was no applause. But this is what you get with phony Pete. This is what happens. Okay, now let me get to the real story. So Bernie Sanders won the Iowa caucus. He had the most votes easily. And he uh, the, when it comes to the state delegate equivalents, 
he is down by 1.5, yet the results are littered with errors. And there's actually going to be a re-canvas, which we hope will fix some of those errors, though at this point it's kind of hard to trust the DNC and and what they're doing here. Um, but even though... So I'm going to show you how CNN reacted to uh, Pete not winning the Iowa caucus. And then I'm going to show you how they contradicted themselves with their own reporting. So here first is uh, Pete Buttigieg at the town hall uh, last night. 100% of precincts reporting. You are holding a narrow lead of a tenth of a percentage point over Senator Sanders on the state delegate equivalence, which is the uh, metric that we use to determine a winner. What is your reaction? Well, it's fantastic news uh, to hear that we won. <laughs> that is so dishonest. That is so dishonest. And the least they could have done here, the least, the least Chris Cuomo could have done. And, and look, this is this is actually not Pete Buttigieg's fault. This is this is Chris Cuomo. Obviously, if the host tells you you won, you're not going to say you didn't. Um, but uh, Chris Cuomo here, he could have at least added, Bernie Sanders beat you in the popular vote. Uh, but our reporting shows you won by one point or whatever, how many. Uh, like a, a tenth of a, of a percentage when it comes to state delegates. But he also didn't because the information they're basing this off, uh, off of is not real. It's not final. So an hour later, CNN, CNN's own Jake Tapper tweeted this out saying, a CNN analysis shows errors in the count reported by the Iowa Democratic Party. Multiple counties have reported a different number of state delegate equivalents than they were supposed to have, even though all precincts in the county have been tallied. CNN's own reporting contradicts what Chris Cuomo said on CNN an hour earlier. Now, the reason why this is an issue is because many people will have watched that CNN town hall and think, wow, Pete Buttigieg won the Iowa caucus. Well, maybe I can get behind him. Sounds like he's doing pretty well. And he can bring over, you know, Biden supporters, some Warren supporters, some Klobuchar supporters, and potentially win New Hampshire based on a lie. Also, there is uh, there is more to this. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to go over all these errors because I would be here all day. <laughs> but, like, look, uh, there is a ton of mistakes here. Uh, this is um, uh, Taniel, Iowa Update, with 100% of precincts according to the, uh, to the Iowa Democratic Party. Buttigieg is ahead of Sanders uh, by 1.51 state delegate equivalents, less than 0.1%. Um, note, IDP did not change its allocation of satellites uh, STEs. But goes on, caution, some glaring mistakes that have been widely reported for more than 24 hours were not fixed. So, again, I'm not going to go through all of them, but Des Moines here, um, apparently it's still glaringly incorrect. Uh, Sanders should be netting, I guess, more delegates there. Uh, he goes on and on, like all these different precincts having all these issues where the reported numbers don't add up with what the Iowa Democratic Party reported. And then gives an update. Uh, this is an update that uh, Daniel gave today. Please read thread. I was very measured in what I said about Iowa through Thursday evening. The IDP has made things worse since. It's now pushing out info it knows to be false, despite how it'll already... Uh, despite how uh, it's already been reported. In fact, encouraging it by insisting 100% and deflecting ownership. So they're continuing to do this today. 
continuing to act like these are the results when all of these issues have been pointed out over the past two days. And on top of that, Bernie Sanders, the Bernie Sanders campaign released uh, many of those issues that they found themselves. So Adam, uh, Adam Kelsey, who was from ABC, uh, tweets out, despite Pete Buttigieg's claiming victory in the Iowa state delegate equivalent count, the Sanders campaign is out with a list of discrepancies they say they found in the count, which add up to 2.5 state delegate equivalents for the senator. Buttigieg is officially up 1.5. So if these mistakes are corrected, then Sanders would be the winner in state delegate equivalents. But none of this has been fixed. As far as, you know, while I'm recording this right now, and last I checked, none of this is fixed. And whatever link that was is down. Um, Nate Cohn tweets out here, with 100% counted, it's Buttigieg by a mere 1.5 state delegate equivalents, according to the IDP. Uh, it includes a satellite rule in favor of Sanders worth less than three uh, delegates, but also dozens of irregular, inconsistent, or impossible precincts um, in need of verification before a projection we might never get. So this is the New York Times, I believe. Yes, this is the, the New York Times uh, election reporter saying that there are issues with the results. So the New York Times is reporting this, CNN is reporting this, Bernie Sanders is reporting this, um, and uh, he adds here, as an aside, we've been giving them a full list of the precincts involved here, and they're still putting it out. So... The New York Times was telling the Iowa Democratic Party that, no, these results are incorrect, telling them before they released them. And they still put them out as official data. I mean, if you don't think this process is rigged, at least the Iowa caucus, you're crazy. Clearly, something uh, went on here. And if you combine this with my other reporting on how the app uh, functioned and how uh, Buttigieg was connected to the app and, and how um, his campaign had given the, the company, uh, I think it was like $42,000 a few months ago for something. I mean, this the whole process in Iowa is completely insane to me as somebody who lives in a country that is not America. <laughs> I live in Canada. Um, and we have Elections Canada, an independent, nonpartisan group that... Um, uh, response to parliament and there's i mean the idea of money exchanging between the app company or the you know the, the, the people collecting the votes that there is money exchange there between them and a campaign is completely insane and how that has never been brought up e even if there was no actual corruption there and it was just for whatever for uh, for business purposes even if that's the case the appearance of corruption is enough for it to be a huge issue I don't know how. Uh, look, I didn't watch the whole town hall with Buttigieg, but I can imagine that wasn't brought up because he, no, nobody in the press has brought this up to Buttigieg since Iowa. Nobody has, has asked him, why did your company give this app company that was collecting the votes, that, that was counting the votes, why did you give them 42 grand? Why? Doesn't that kind of show that there is, could be something going on there, even if there isn't? There's obviously a, an appearance of corruption there. Like, how is that legal? The, it's insane because if you can't if you can't trust the vote then it's not a democracy how can you possibly trust that you actually live in a democracy when you can't even count the damn votes properly and if this happened in any other country if this happened in, in a latin american country 
I mean, you can bet America would be invading right now. Because how could you trust the process? Unbelievable. But um, we're going to have to see uh, what kind of impact this has in the race. It's already, at least in, the, in one poll, it's helped Buttigieg quite a bit. Uh, he's still behind Sanders, but it's it's definitely given him a boost, giving him this appearance that, oh, he, he won Iowa, even though he never did. And I hope that's the last time that I ever have to discuss <laughs> Iowa again. But probably not. Hardcore FPS says you may have acid reflux. I don't. Um, I think I've had it before, but I, I don't have it. Um, Ocean says Bernie needs to imply that Pete's campaign cheated. I don't think that would actually help. Um, even if it's the case, just because of this world we live in, and it's just not... It's not even necessarily Pete's campaign. Like, it's the DNC that doesn't want to see Bernie win. Um, but I don't think that would be helpful. Uh, the Backmanator says, Hey, David, shout out from Winnipeg. If Bloomberg ever makes a debate stage, do you think Bernie would wipe the floor with him? P.S. Don't worry about mispronouncing my name. Most people can't. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, yeah, if Bloomberg... So Bloomberg's not going to be in this debate tonight. But potentially he can make a future debate since they wiped out the, the need to uh, um, show support from individual contributors. So if Bloomberg makes a debate stage, yes, Bernie should and I think would easily wipe the floor with him. He, uh, Bloomberg has a litany of issues. I mean, I hope Bernie would come to the stage with a piece of paper on like, you know, all, all the things <laughs> that Bloomberg has done in his past. In addition to the fact that he is a billionaire trying to buy the election. So... But he, he'll like Bernie can't just come with that. He also should come with receipts in terms of Bloomberg's history as a, a mayor and just a, a horrible person in general. Zhang says, apparently Bernie, apparently Bernie wanted to keep caucus. But is it true? That's not a full sentence. I don't know what you're asking me. Um, Jaguar Rose says, hi, David, sending love and support from Delaware County. Just downloaded the Bernie the Burn app. Can't wait to start volunteering. We got to win this one. Hashtag Still Sanders. Yes, absolutely. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people are apparently on their way to New Hampshire to kind of help out, or on their way to Nevada or wherever. Um, yes, stay involved. I mean, understand Bernie's still leading here. He got the most votes. He's still leading. He has the momentum. He has the. He raised $25 million in January. That's more money than any of the other candidates raised over the course of uh, the third quarter. So <laughs> he raised more money in one month than the other candidates did over three months. Bernie's in the lead. And he has the ability to be in this primary till the very end. So whoever comes up, whether it's Buttigieg, whether it's Bloomberg, whether Biden somehow has a resurgence, he's able to knock them all down. Because he has the support, he has the energy behind him to last in every single state and go to this till the very end. And he will be in this till the very end. But you have to stay engaged and vote and get people in your family out, get them educated, um, and, you know, door knock, phone bank, everything. Uh, Jordan Darrett says, I love Bernie, but I can't stand Bernie or bust people. 
They are morons who don't give a damn about the nation, just that their mascot wins. I don't agree with you at all. Seeing how the process is, how the media, how everybody with money and power, whether it's the media, whether it's the DNC, are actively working against Bernie Sanders, the process is rigged against them. It just is. Um, so I understand the anger. I completely understand uh, their anger. And I also, look, to be super fair, I don't think it makes sense to talk about Bernie or Bust right now. Like right now, focus on Bernie winning. See what happens. See what happens at the convention. And then we can have the discussion about what to do from there. Um, so maybe, you know, I, I spoke too soon earlier, but wait and see how this all plays out before anybody jumps to conclusions about what to do. Uh, Nick says, Google tells me it's only a 99%. Um, Matt W says, Iowa underscores the dire need for sustained mass popular movements to force delivery of the process and the promises. Yes. Yeah. Definitely need uh, mass movements are essential. And it's essential even if Bernie becomes president. Like you have to still at that point be engaged because nothing's getting passed without the mass movement behind him. That's how, uh, you know, Obama dropped the ball there. He had this huge movement behind him and never used it once he became president because ultimately he was backed by large donors that picked his cabinet and his, uh, his priorities. Okay, let me uh, set up this next story. All right, this is kind of a quick story probably, but something I want to mention. So 2020 candidate Andrew Yang has fired dozens of campaign staffers. Now, he's still in the race and is still going to compete in New Hampshire. But by all indications, uh, past New Hampshire, he's likely not going to stay in this race uh, much longer. So let me just show you the political sto Politico story on this. Um, Yang fires dozens of staffers after Iowa debacle. The layoffs extended throughout his organization. So I'm not going to read this whole thing, but I'll give you a little taste here. Uh, Andrew Yang's campaign fired dozens of staffers this week after an abysmal finish in the Iowa caucuses, according to four former staffers who were let go. Among those dismissed were the national uh, political and policy directors of the campaign, as well as the deputy national political director, all senior level positions. The people who were fired worked across Yang's organization, from his headquarters in New York to the now disbanded Iowa operation. So once you start firing people that work on the national like national level with your campaign senior level positions yeah you're not you're not going to be in this much longer um it was a valiant effort uh i think yang brought some some unique ideas to the discussion i think ubi is something that is worth discussing and i think we should continue continue to discuss it and it's it's a uh, viability but the campaign's coming to an end. And if you're in New Hampshire and you're a Yang supporter, I would just go to Yang's recent comments about Iowa, about what he said about Bernie Sanders in the past. Yang, it appears right now, if Yang were to back out and potentially um, endorse somebody, that it would be Bernie Sanders, just based on his recent actions or what he has said. So before the Iowa caucuses, Andrew Yang said that he could, he assumes or could envision that many of his supporters would go to Bernie Sanders if he doesn't make it past the uh, the first vote. So there's a, in Iowa caucuses, there's a first vote, then a realignment. So Yang essentially saying a lot of his support could go to Bernie Sanders. I think that was a clear hint 
that he supports Bernie Sanders. That out of this entire field, it would be Bernie Sanders that he backs. So, again, we're going to have to wait and see. Um, but if you are a Yang supporter and you're going to New Hampshire, understand Yang has no, he has no path to victory. Um, I mean, I would say Joe Biden at this point has barely any, <laughs> any path to victory. Or Elizabeth Warren. Like, just based on where the momentum is, where the energy is, how all the polls are moving right now, it appears it's going to be uh, Bernie, maybe Buttigieg is going to be in this race, but even he may fall off quickly after the first states, or the early states, because he hasn't put much um, uh, investment into states past the, the early ones, and uh, Bloomberg. So it's going to be it's going to be a very weird race. But I think at this point, you have to back the candidate that you like the most out of those three. So. This is the time to choose a side and, and really get in this fight and join us. Become a part of this of the Sanders movement and and really push to um, transform the country for the better. And understand that UBI is going to have... There will be zero discussion about UBI if Pete Buttigieg is the candidate and zero discussion about UBI if it's Bloomberg. So if you actually care about Yang's ideas and discussing UBI, Bernie Sanders is the only candidate here that will even, you know, listen at all to uh, to these ideas. So I say now is the time to get behind Bernie Sanders and uh, support him starting in New Hampshire. Deborah Lake, thank you for your Canadian money. <laughs> um, Anna Bird uh, says, wondering if citizens, specifically Democrats, can register a class action lawsuit against the DNC and the Iowa Democratic Party for failure to uphold their contractual obligations. I think it's an idea worth exploring. Um, I'm not a lawyer, so I don't know. But I think there has to be a case there because it's just a complete debacle. Um, Anthony Gonzalez says, thanks. I reached out to the campaign. I just wanted to pass you the info as well, since by all indications, these inconsistencies are widespread. Yeah, uh, People are reporting them all over Twitter. Again, I, I kind of briefly touched on them in, in my in my segment, but reading out a bunch of numbers is not all that I think uh, interesting in a in a video. Um, it's more of the kind of thing that I think makes more sense for like uh, you know reporting. Um, but it it is being discussed. It is being reported on. It's just a matter of will the Iowa Democratic Party and the DNC actually listen and do anything about it. So. Jury's out on that. Henry Volt says, how about we don't get the results from the Iowa Democratic Party anymore? How about we just get the numbers straight from county supervisors like in Black Hawk County? Well, we can do that. But if the IDP is not the ones reporting it, then it doesn't really matter. Um, it doesn't become official until the IDP and the, 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 the uh, DNC recognize it. Cody Heineman says, I live in Minnesota, and even I don't know any Klobuchar supporters. So I don't know where her polling numbers come from. <laughs> that is super weird. Um, I don't know. I don't know. But Klobuchar is not going to be in this race much longer either. Like, I don't know. Like, once we get past the, the first four states, there's going to be a shakeup by that time. Like the race as it looks right now is not going to look the same after South Carolina. So is Biden going to be gone? Potentially. Is Klobuchar going to be gone? I think likely. Is Warren going to be gone? I think likely. 
Um, so a lot can change uh, in a very short time when these people drop out and we see where the support moves. Creative Space uh, sends Super Chat saying, did you see coin flip for four delegates that were contested? Hilariously sad. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, actually, I, sh- I should have included that in my segment as well. Yeah, one of the uh, precincts had a coin flip <laughs> to to uh, to figure out the result because I guess there was a tie and there was a coin flip and I, I think it was a Buttigieg Bernie precinct though. Don't quote me on that. But um, the coin flip was weird because I think the guy looked at the coin before he flipped it onto his hand. So at that point, you could be like, "Well, that's the ant." Like, yes, I want tails. No. I want heads. Like, no, that's not. <laughs> if you coin flip, coin flip and let it hit the ground. Like, do that. Don't grab it in your hand. And if you grab it in your hand, then, and you look at it, that's where it should stay. So, but why are we coin flipping for votes? <laughs> it's like, that's the real issue here. It's completely absurd. What a stupid country. I'm sorry. You live in a stupid country. That is a stupid fucking thing to do. Um, artificial, <laughs> artificial morphsman. Says at the debate, Bernie should ask Pete, the moderates, and the media, quote, what part of 6,000 more votes do you not understand? Yes, I think that would be a nice way to put it. I won the popular vote. He should be like, y'all talked about the popular vote after uh, 2016, and I, <laughs> and I got 6,000 more votes in Iowa. Like, yeah, it, it's crazy. Like, the same, the same dumbass libs that were talking about how, um, well, Hillary is the real president because she won the popular vote, which, you know what, I kind of agree with. But the dumbass part of them is that they'll flip around and say, well, Pete Buttigieg, sure, he lost the popular vote, but state delegate equivalents, that's what really matters here. So just the the total, just, they don't care. <laughs> like the complete hypocrisy, they just don't care, which is why you have to fight every step of the way. Always fight. Always fight for uh, what is right. <laughs> Always fight for what's right. Always fight for the facts. Always fight for data. Always fight for the poor, the middle class. Fight for the people that are struggling left behind. Fight for marginalized communities. Like, all these people are so disgusting. And they, uh, many of them, they're just, like, many of the followers, it's it's just cult-like behavior. But the people that are leading, like the Tom Perez's of the world or the Hillary Clintons, they're the ultimate disgusting people because they are the ones that are leading this charge against a people-powered movement. And it's gross. Zhang says, uh, Bernie, did Bernie fight to keep the caucus system? Uh, I don't know. So I don't know all the details about my understanding is not the way that it was done. Um, but uh, Bernie himself didn't do any of the fighting. Like there was a, I guess it was the, the DNC, was it DNC rules committee, uh, or unity reform commission, whatever the hell it was where they, they wrote up or they examined all the rules. Um, I don't think they, they definitely didn't get everything they wanted. Uh, Actually, they got most of what they didn't want. But um, when it comes to the caucus system, caucuses have to go. Like this is not, this is not, this is not democracy. This is not how you decide who wins the state. Caucuses sound great on paper. Hey, you're getting, you know, your most uh, uh, excited voters out. You really have to be involved in the process. You got to be engaged. You got to be there for a while. You know, you're you are involved in democracy. You're really showing your voice. But in reality, it's too much. 
there's too many people you can't what you're, you're doing head counts based on you know like anybody can mess up a head count when you're counting who's on what side during these caucus during this whole caucus process the whole thing is stupid needs to be abolished move to um a just a primary that is looked after by an independent nonpartisan agency not these uh private companies that exchange money with campaigns involved in the goddamn election it's just so crazy to me uh let me get a lot of super chats here let me just get one more um before i move on to the next story uh surreal batar says what's up david shout out from los angeles your channel is where i am getting most of my news from instead of the mainstream media do you think bernie will do well in new hampshire does pete have a shot in new hampshire pete has a shot which is why you got to get you got to be engaged you got to vote um i don't make any predictions i hope bernie wins obviously but pete has a shot because of this whole bs after iowa so make sure you're engaged make sure you you uh lead sanders to victory okay i'll get back to those in a minute my next story as i am prepping here is uh greta thunberg is that how you say her name I have no idea how to say her last name properly because I'm pretty sure um, I've been saying it wrong for the whole time, but I'll do my best. (laughs) So Greta Thunberg and uh, Justin Trudeau. Actually, how do I start this? See, this is the part of the show you don't normally see (laughs) when I'm not doing it live. Intros are the hard, hardest part, honestly, when it comes to any of these stories, because I want to present the the most you know important information up front, without um, giving too much up front as I want to go through the story. But um, we'll just figure this out. I'll just figure it out as I go. That's what I'll do. Climate activist Greta Thunberg called out Justin Trudeau for essentially being two faced. Now, she didn't use her own words, but she did quote a fantastic uh, report in The Guardian by uh, Bill McKibben, a climate activist, on just how backwards Justin Trudeau is when it comes to the issue of climate change. Or I should say how dishonest he is when it comes to climate change. First, let me show you um, the tweet that she put out here. So you can see here, uh, Greta tweeted out, Quote, this is quoting the article from Bill McKibben, uh, quote, if an alcoholic assured you he was taking his condition very seriously, but also laying in a 40-year store of bourbon, <laughs> you'd be entitled to doubt his sincerity by Bill McKibben. So I got to give you a little taste of this article because it is, it is very, it's very well written. It's, it's, a, it's a must read and it isn't all that long. I know people sometimes, you know, you got things to do. But it ends here. It's pretty quick. Um, I'll give you a little bit here because I just this is a really great piece and it shows you how uh, how how dishonest Trudeau is when it comes to climate. So uh, Bill McKibben says here, Americans elected Donald Trump, who insisted climate change was a hoax. So it's no surprise that since taking office, he's been all in for the fossil fuel industry. There's no sense despairing. The energy is better spent fighting to remove him from office. Canada, on the other hand, elected a government that believes the climate crisis is real and dangerous, and with good reason, since the nation's Arctic territories give it a front-row seat to the, fa- to the fastest warming on Earth. 
Yet the country's leaders seem likely in the next few weeks to approve a vast new tar sands mine, which will pour carbon into the atmosphere through the 2060s. They know, yet they can't bring themselves to act on the knowledge. Now, that is cause for despair. This is a huge issue with neoliberal governments, with governments like Justin Trudeau's, where it's all, you know, change on the outside. Oh, yes, gender-neutral cabinet. Oh, yes, of course, climate change is real. Got to take it seriously. And then behind the scenes, this is what's actually going on. Um, let me just give you a little bit more here. Uh, the tech mine would be the biggest tar sands mine yet, 113 square miles of petroleum mining located just 16 miles from the border of Wood Buffalo National Park. A federal panel approved the mine despite conceding that it would likely be harmful to the environment and to, and to the land culture sorry, and to the land culture of the indigenous people. These giant tar sands mines, easily visible on Google Earth, are already among the biggest scars humans have ever carved on the planet's surface. But Canadian authorities ruled that the mine was nothing uh, was nonetheless in the public interest. Uh, and this is a reminder, as Bill McKibben points out here, of what Justin Trudeau said back in uh, 2017, shortly after he became uh, prime minister. The resource will be developed. Our job is to ensure that this is done responsibly, safely, and sustainably. That's the wrong clip. One sec. As I said on the very first trip to the oil patch back in 2012, no country would find 173 billion barrels of oil in the ground and just leave them there. This is the climate change, Prime Minister. The resource will be developed. Our job is to ensure that this is done responsibly, safely, and sustainably. <laughs> yes, let's sustainably take all these barrels of oil, billions of barrels of oil, out of the ground. We can sustainably do that. I'm, I'm done with these kinds of governments. I'm done with this bullshit. Which is why, if we're talking about Bernie, you know what, let's not get there. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, you can't vote for people like this anymore. You can't, it's done, it's over. The, 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 the planet is dying. Or I, sh I shouldn't say the planet's dying, we are dying. Humanity will die on this planet if we continue down the path that we were on with governments like this. No more neoliberal crap. I mean, if you wanted to radicalize me, then the last four years of news would be how you would do it. And it's coming to a head over the past month. Like, my politics are definitely changing. 100%. All right, let me get to... Um, not that I was ever a neoliberal, but... You know, there was a time where you could, you know, collectively we could have impact on dipshits like that. But I'm not so sure that's the case anymore. Let me get some super chats before I go on to the, uh, the next door. 
Um, the Armchair Rocker sends a generous super chat. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Ian McShay sends a, a super chat. Thank you. Patrick Zudhoff sends me a, a little cool emoji. It says cool. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Tony Figorsky. Uh, I'm proud of myself for, I think, pronouncing that properly. Um, I can see you're Polish. Uh, thank you for the generous super chat. Says, love your show. One of the best around. Time to put on the yellow vest. This is outrageous. And the fact that there is no uprising is appalling. Just you wait. There will be an uprising if uh, the shit hits the fan. Joe Biden. Not real Joe Biden. <laughs> sends a super chat saying, I do have a path to victory. Vote for someone else. <laughs> I mean, I guess you could say in, in a way... Joe Biden's campaign message did work because he went all across the country telling people to vote for somebody else, and they did. So good job, Joe. <laughs> you, uh, you actually are successful, just not in getting people to vote for you. Um, Chuck Slatkin says, I haven't been a Dem since 2006, but I changed my registration to Democrat so I can vote in the April 28th New York primary for Bernie Sanders. Good. Good. More people do that. Everybody do that. If you haven't, again, you don't have to be a Democrat for life. Just be a Democrat for 2020 so you can vote for Bernie Sanders in the primary. Like, do that immediately. Daryl Bryce sends a super chat saying, will Warren back Bernie when she drops out? Um, if you asked me that at the beginning of the month, I would say probably not. Now, I'm thinking maybe. Uh, but behind the scenes, they're going to have to cut a deal with her. Uh, they're going to have to, you know, promise her... A position maybe not vp i would prefer someone else as vp but um that's how they'd be able to win her support so we're gonna have to wait and see but who knows um hardcore fps says can i donate to bernie i'm not from the uk you're not from the uk or you can i donate to bernie i'm not from the uk if you're not if you're from the us you can donate to bernie <laughs> Uh, but even if you're not from the UK, you could still be from another country that is in America. But you have to be an American to uh, donate to Bernie Sanders. Um, Real Life Jolly says, maybe Klobuchar's boyfriends all voted uh, all voted her in. The ones who donated to her Senate campaign. I feel like this is a reference I don't get. Klobuchar's boyfriends all voted her in? <laughs> it's a, I don't know the reference. Um but it made me laugh, so good job. Uh, Jaguar Rose says, my 68-year-old African-American father loves Amy Klobuchar, and he'll get in your face about it. No joke. Okay. I mean, I would, I'm curious as to why. Like, why? I think people just like certain personalities. Like, when it comes to, um, like, some voters, this is, I don't want to paint older people this way, older generations, because clearly there's a lot of support for Bernie Sanders um, from from the older gen. But um, but by and large, when when you're looking at you know Generation X and, and Boomers and older, for whatever reason, a lot of those voters are attracted to people to politicians' personalities, and they vote based on that, or they vote based on oh I know that person they said a nice thing once but they don't look at like okay what has the politician done what have they who have they fought for what are their what's their platform 
Like, what policies do they want to implement? Like, it just, how is that not the focus? I don't get it. But for a lot of people, they don't care about that. So, I mean, it's kind of hard to communicate with those people because how do you get through to somebody that is just, I like Klobuchar because she, I don't know, she said a nice thing about me once, like, (laughs) whatever the hell it is. Uh, I think you should support, should support politicians based on what they've done and who they are and their platform. Um, uh, Brock McRae says Sanders and Yang should draw a pact to invoke each other's names throughout the debate tonight. So the moderators have to yell, have to yield to them the whole time. Invoke each other's names. Oh, like, (laughs) but I mean, unless they're, unless they're like tag teaming the same issues. Um, usually politicians only invoke someone else's name when they're, uh, when they're going after them. And I don't want Sanders and Yang to attack, to attack each other. Uh, Jack Jammin says Nevada said no to the shadow app. Yes, they did. That's correct. Nevada is not using the shadow app, but apparently they're looking for another app. <laughs> like it's pen and paper that hard. Uh, so who knows if the new app they use will also be an issue. Um, Adam Kern says, do you think Tulsi and Yang are going to drop out and endorse Bernie after New Hampshire or Super Tuesday? Honest, I'll be honest with you. I almost forgot Tulsi was in this race still um, because she has not been discussed at all recently. Um, LOL. And yes, we do live in a stupid country. <laughs> Understatement. Um, I would like Tulsi and Yang to drop out and endorse Bernie after New Hampshire. Well, if that happens, I don't know. Um, I think it's possible considering where they are in the race right now. It would be nice if they did that because at this point, they're just hurting Sanders. I mean, Tulsi and Yang are two, for the most part, very anti-establishment picks. So it makes sense that a lot of their supporters would go to Bernie Sanders, but it would help if they actually actively endorse him and uh, and fight for him. Um, uh, AI Cram uh, says, would you read the Bill of Rights for voting equality when you have time? Um maybe <laughs> how about this you read it if you want to go read the bill of rights for voting equality go do it um rob r says electric voting machines make it easier to cheat bev harris uncovered and explains in two movies fraction magic and hacking democracy a serious must watch all right i didn't know anything about this um yeah also electric voting machines you get rid of them like, do it on paper. I don't see what the issue is. All right. Two more Super Chats before we move on to the next story. Noah Suber says, what are your predictions for Super Tuesday if Bernie wins New Hampshire? If Bernie wins New Hampshire, how about this? If Bernie wins New Hampshire by at least by at least eight points, more than five, um, I would like to see him win by 10. But um, if he wins by eight points, then he will sweep Super Tuesday. Um but if it's close, then Super Tuesday will be closer. So I don't know. But I think it's important that Bernie wins by a big number in New Hampshire to show you where the real power is. It can't be another close race. Uh, Zachary Vieira says, did you get my Facebook message about Nevada and Twitter? I don't check Facebook messages. Sorry. Uh, I only got so much time. All right. I'm going to stop there. Get to the next story. Oh, good. Some positivity coming up. <laughs> so tired. 
of all the negative crap, as I'm sure most people are. If you notice, a lot of my stories, I try to make them a little more positive because there's just, there's just so much negative news. And it's the world is so crappy that I don't get motivated by negativity. I get motivated by positivity. So I'm going to share some of the highlights that I saw anyways from the uh, Bernie Sanders town hall. CNN held a town hall with Bernie Sanders, and uh, I want to show you a few highlights here from his uh, responses. Now, from all I've heard from people that watched the entire town hall, I didn't have the time to see the entire town hall, but from what I understand, people of New Hampshire were actually very impressed by uh, his appearance here, and he appeared a little more personable than maybe Sanders sometimes does. So let me show you some of his uh, responses. Hi, hello. Thank you for being here. How do you think your Jewish heritage impacts your vision of the world and politics? And do you think it is a help or a hindrance to your role as a candidate? It impacts me very profoundly. You know, when I try to think about how I came to the views that I hold, there are two major factors, I think. Although one never knows, but I think there are two factors. Number one, I grew up in a family, didn't have a whole lot of money, and we struggled economically, and that made me aware that there are tens of millions of people who are in that same boat. And the second one is being Jewish. And I remember as a kid uh, looking at these big picture books of World War II, and tears would roll down my cheeks when I saw what happened to the Jewish people. Six million people were killed by Hitler. And, uh, you know, I think at a very early age, even before my political thoughts were developed, I was aware of the horrible things that human, do, human beings can do to other people in the name of racism or white nationalism, or in this case, Nazism. And in the community that I lived in, there were people, you go downtown in your shop, people who had um, their tattoos from the concentration camps on their arm. A few years ago, uh, my uh, wife and I and my brother and his wife went back to the town in Poland where my father uh, was born. And we were shown, people that were very, very nice, and, and we were shown uh, a, a, an area where the Nazis had put in some 300 people and just mowed them down uh, in, 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 a, uh, in a ditch. Uh, so that had, a, you know, how horrible people can be to other people in the names of racial superiority or etc. cetera, uh, certainly has been with me for my entire life. And that is why I will do everything I can to end the kind of divisiveness that Trump is fomenting in this country. We are one people, and I don't care if you're black, you're white, you're Latino, Native American, Asian American, you're gay, you're straight. That's not what it's about. What it's about is that we are human beings and we share common dreams and aspirations. So, you know, the, the pain that my family, my father's family suffered in Poland uh, is something that has impacted my life, absolutely. So I think this is important for Bernie to discuss his Jewish heritage because a lot of people need to feel like they connect with the candidate they support. Now, obviously, above and all, like uh, what, what matters uh, above everything else is what the person has fought for, what the candidate has fought for their entire life, um, the policies, the platform, uh, you know, who they hire, what they discuss, all that. All that matters. But also, being able to connect with people on a personal level, I think, also matters. To, because 
Again, some people need to be able to feel that connection to show that you were actually sincere in what you were fighting for. I, even though I think it's obvious, I mean, you go back, you see videos of Bernie in the 80s and, and 90s fighting for the exact same thing um, and, and, and fighting for those issues as, as a leader at the time. Like getting uh, into uh, uh, an argument with somebody uh, in the house over them being homophobic. This is back in the 90s. Bernie is calling somebody else out for being homophobic. I mean, this is when, when um, uh, this is at a time when that was not, it was not acceptable to be accepting of the gay community. And Bernie Sanders back then was fighting for them. So when you see, you know, moments like that back in time, I think that shows you that he's a real human being. He actually cares. He actually cares about this fight. But also many people haven't seen those clips, even though they should, but many people haven't seen those clips. So to be able to have moments like this on stage where you're discussing your heritage, discussing who you are, what's impacted you, I think that allows voters to connect with you on a, a deeper level. Let me show you um, this next clip here. This is about uh, healthcare. Hello, Senator Sanders. I'm drawn to your plan for universal health care, but I'm skeptical since I've been hearing about universal health care from every political candidate I've voted for. What makes your plan different and able to become a reality? Thank you very much, Alicia. And you're right. You have been hearing about that. And you've been hearing about it, or Americans have been hearing about it for a lot longer than you've been alive. Teddy Roosevelt way back when, over 100 years ago, talked about universal health care. FDR talked about it in the 30s and 40s. Truman talked about it. Johnson did something about it, talked about it. Uh, Obama talked about it. Jimmy Carter, Richard Nixon even talked about it. All right. But what has been the problem all of this time? The problem is, at the end of the day, if we want universal health care, if we want to do what every other major country on earth does. This is not a radical idea. I live in Burlington, Vermont, 50 miles away from the Canadian border. They do it. Everybody has health care. You don't take out your wallet or your credit card when you go to the doctor or the hospital. They spend one half as much per capita as we spend. So, Alicia, the question is, why hasn't it happened? And the answer is, we have not had the courage as a people to take on the greed and the corruption of the healthcare industry, the insurance companies and the drug companies. Why do you think we are paying, in some cases, 10 times more for the same exact medicine sold in Canada or in Europe, 10 times more? And it has everything to do with the fact that the pharmaceutical industry over the last several decades has spent billions of dollars on lobbying and campaign contributions. They buy. Congress, Alicia, the drug companies and the insurance companies will not buy me. I don't take their money. I don't need their money. We are going to take them on in America. We will not pay the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. And we will, in fact, move to a Medicare for all, single-payer system, quality, comprehensive care for all, and it will cost the average American substantially less than that family is paying today. So that was a great response. And I actually like this question as well, uh, because, you know, oftentimes the question is, is so stupid. It's like, how, how can you pay for Medicare for all? When Medicare for all, every piece of information, every country shows you a single payer system would be would cost less than the current private system for the obvious reason, because you take out the profit making middleman. So 
The question should never be framed about how can you afford Medicare for all when it's less expensive than the current system. The question should be, we've been talking about uh, universal health care forever. Why don't we have it yet? And why should I believe you that, that you'll get it done? I think that's a fair question. And Bernie has the right answer. He's not taking their money. He's the first one to completely cut them off. So he's not controlled by them. And he has a 40-year career of fighting for universal health care. So you add that together, you know that he's being sincere and he will actually fight for it. And as I've discussed a million times as a Canadian who lives under a single-payer system, I never think about health care. If I need it, I get it. I have a health card. I walk in. They, t- they look at my health card. And then I go see my doctor. Then I walk out and leave. Like there's no money exchange, there's no insurance, there's no calling insurance companies, there's nothing's going on. I just walk into a clinic and I leave. I had surgery once, it's the same kind of deal. I, you know, uh, ahead of time, you plan the surgery, there's maybe like one sheet of of paperwork um, just to get, you know, personal uh, details. Um, And then I go on the day I get my surgery, I walk in, they know who I am, I have my health card, get the surgery, wake up, go home, that's it. Like there's nothing, nothing else. It is simple. It is straightforward. You have complete freedom. You're not, you're no longer tied to an employer. You can start your own business. You can go back to school and you're going to have healthcare because it's guaranteed to you through the single payer system. You can go to any doctor, any walk-in clinic because there is no in-network, out-of-network. Everybody's in the same network. So it completely removes all that barrier. It's, it's actual freedom when it comes to healthcare. I mean, the debate is over. It's obvious a single-payer system, a Medicare for all single-payer system is where you need to move to. It's just a matter of getting there. And to get there, you need a a, a political leader that is rejecting all of their money, rejects them completely, and supports the people, and is supported by the people. So, and has a record of actually fighting for universal health care. And you have that in Bernie Sanders. Let's go to the next, the last clip here. This is, um, I actually really enjoyed this. Again, Bernie gets a little more personal here. What do you think the young Bernie Sanders in Brooklyn in the 1940s would say if you could see where you are now? You know, I think about that, Anderson, and I think about my parents. The idea, you know, there are some people who get in politics whose families have a whole lot of money. Maybe their dads were a governor or a senator, you know and it becomes normal for them. That's the expectation. You know, they say to the eight-year-old kid, someday you're gonna be a governor, you're gonna be a United States Senator. If my parents were alive today, they both died young, uh, it would have been incomprehensible for them, incomprehensible. The idea that their son, coming from where we came from, uh, to become a United States Senator or a mayor of Burlington or a candidate for president of the United States, it would have been unthinkable, unthinkable. What do you think the... So I just thought that was a nice moment. Um, it really is incredible. Like seeing where Bernie came from, his mom dying very young when he was a kid, um, his, his father also dying young and essentially him and his brother growing up, making it and Bernie getting involved in, you know, the civil rights movement early on and getting involved in politics early on. And just the way he's grown as a person, like, from from you know losing race after race after race to eventually winning to eventually becoming you know mayor of of Burlington Vermont 
to then becoming uh, a member of the House, to then becoming a senator, to then becoming someone running for president. I mean, it's an incredible journey. And the entire time, he has not compromised who he is. How many people in politics can you say that about? He has stood strong with the people the entire time. He is a fighter, and he wasn't getting the recognition for it. It, it, Like, it's not like he was doing it for headlines. No one knew who the hell Bernie Sanders was until very late in his life. Until, I mean, most people didn't know who he was until he ran for president in 2016. So this shows you somebody who is just completely uh, selfless, has always put himself on the line for other people, has always fought for humanity as a whole. He is a once-in-a-lifetime candidate. And I think it's obvious. And you have the opportunity here to actually have this man who actually cares about people as your president. Understand the moment you're in. All right. A few stories left. Let me get to um, Super Chats. Pew Pew Pandas says, uh, here's a link to most of the facts surrounding the Iowa caucuses. Um, it's a Google Doc with a list of coincidences. Please give it a read. All right. I'm not going to check it out now. Um, I went over a bit of that earlier, uh, but I want to put Iowa behind me. <laughs> too, I've done like four stories on it. We all know the ton of inconsistencies in the results. Um, there's lots of reporting on it. CNN's reported on it. New York Times has reported on it. Bernie, uh, the Bernie campaign has reported on it. So yeah, we know there's problems. Um, Alma says, when people get an infection, the body fights it with a fever. We are the, we are the infection and earth has a fever and trying to get rid of us. (laughs) I mean, sure. I guess you could put it that way. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. In in some, I could see that in some way. Um, at the same time, not all of us, I would say are part of the infection. (laughs) There are some that are a little more uh, of the infected than others are. Um, Radzoza says, Mike Figueredo has a petition for Tom Perez to resign. Just Google the humanist report, Tom Perez petition. Let me look that up. Because I would like, people should definitely sign that. I think I've, is this kind of old? I think I've seen this. I could be wrong. Um, but yes, here it is. So, yeah, just look up DNC chairman Tom Perez, must resign now, um, and look up Humanist Report. Maybe that helps narrow it down. And uh, you will find it, and you can sign it. So there you go. Very cool. All right. Um, what's next? Real Life Jolly. Let me go back here. 
Real Life Jolly says, sorry, David, I meant to reference that first debate where she referenced her many boyfriends uh, who kicked her Senate campaign off with donations. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't remember that moment at all. Um, Klobuchar doesn't stay in my head too long. Uh, to Tokington says, you turned my girlfriend into a Bernie bro. Thanks. Awesome. That sounds great. Uh, Jeff Bodwin says, did you see Bloomberg wants to pay people to say nice things about him? Guardian article. Um, I did not see that. Oh, wait, no, I did see that. You're talking about the, uh, the influencers. Yeah, I shared that earlier. Social media influencers are being paid by Bloomberg to uh, pretend he's a good candidate. Jay Rocks says a lot of people are really dumb and just don't understand how politics affects all aspects of life. So good or bad, they go by personality. Yeah, I guess that is the case. But it's also, I mean, it's on, like, we can all chalk it up to, to people being dumb, but why are people dumb? It's because the media is dumb. It's the media's job to inform people. Now, if you're completely cut off from, no, but even like media also informs culture. So it's everything. It, it's the culture. It's, it's, it's uh, media. So it's on, you know, people like me, but people on television as well to actually inform people on what is going on. And the media at large and culture at large doesn't do that. Uh, Rob Bidgood sends a super chat. Thank you. Uh, Christine Danielson says, I worked on platforms. Trudeau is lying. Well, Trudeau is definitely lying about climate, if that's what you're referring to, uh, about his climate change positions. Okay, let me stop here. All right, let me get to the next story. So Bernie Sanders won Iowa, but many people may not know why he was able to win Iowa. It's because of his racially diverse turnout there. So the campaign actively worked to seek out voters that traditionally have been marginalized by the Democratic Party. And that's what put Bernie Sanders over the top. So let me show you uh, just some of the data that supports this, as well as a bit of a video from The Intercept that um, uh, discussed this as well. So here uh, you see tweet says uh, non-white Iowa caucus vote percentages. Sanders, 43%. Buttigieg, 15%. <laughs> Biden, 13%. Yang, 12%. And Warren's not even in the top four. So non-white voters in Iowa clearly favored Bernie Sanders. The next piece of information here this is from uh, Cancel Sam. Iowa caucus demographics from the New York Times. Non-white women. 45% went for Bernie compared to 17% for Pete, 12% for Warren, 11% for Biden. All non-white. 39% for Bernie, 17% for Biden, 12% for Pete, 11% for Warren. Uh, woman 18 to 44. 43% for Bernie, 24% for Warren, 19% for Pete, 5% for Biden, and uh, all 18 to 24, so all young voters here. 43% for Bernie, 20% Warren, 90% Pete, 5% Biden. So it's not even like it's it's a little bit of a lead. It is massive. And these are the kinds of supporters that Bernie Sanders would be able to turn out in a general election that would allow him to uh, overwhelmingly defeat Donald Trump. I mean, Bernie has the ability here to reach out to many voters who don't normally vote, have never voted ever, and didn't vote in 2016. So 
The Democratic voters that came out in 2016 and voted against Trump, they're going to come out regardless of the candidate. These are people that voted for Hillary Clinton. They clearly do not like Donald Trump. They're going to vote for the Democratic nominee regardless, the vast majority of them. Maybe, you know, the five billionaires that host a show on MSNBC, they're not going to come out for Bernie, but everybody in the country, everybody else will. And on top of that, how do you win? So because those voters are going to come out regardless, how do you win? You win by bringing out people that did not come out in 2016. So marginalized communities, young voters, independents, working class voters that didn't come out. I mean, this is the Bernie base. Bernie taps these bases that, did not, that don't normally vote. So he will get the, the Democratic voters, the, the, the ones that have stuck with the party regardless. And on top of that, he will bring out a whole new community of people to come out and, and vote Democrat against Donald Trump in 2020. Let me give you more data here. CNN entrance polls share of 17 to 29 year old vote in Iowa. So in 2000 and, or in 2008, when Obama was running the first time, 22% of uh, 17 to 29 year olds came out. 2016, 18%. 2020, 24. So Bernie's youth turnout here is topping Obama's back in 2008. Again, showing you who has the ability to uh, reach these young voters and bring out, again, new voters into the process. Uh, Megan Day uh, tweets here, Bernie won 80% of the delegates at the South Sudanese Center in Des Moines. 90% of the people who participated in that satellite caucus were first-time caucus goers. I do not think that the DNC should devalue their votes. So here are some of them here. Again, Bernie's ability to reach out to communities that have long been forgotten or just completely marginalized. Um, and I'm not going to play all of this because it's a six minute video, but, um, Ryan Grimm pro uh, posted this. This is, uh, from the intercept in Iowa, how Sanders won, uh, at tri at triangular at trilingual, uh, satellite caucuses. All right, let's go. Knock on some doors. Woo! 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 All right. Yeah. <laughs> So let me uh, let me uh, go tiny so you can see this full screen. Or let me actually get off the screen. Okay. All right. Muchas gracias. Que tenga buen día. For the first time, we got four bilingual satellite caucuses throughout the state of Iowa, and they're in English and Spanish. And that had to do mainly with the push and advocacy for LULAC, which is League of United Latin American Citizens. And I mean, this is kind of bold to say, but I'm very confident that if LULAC would have not stepped up and done that, Iowa Democratic Party would have not secured those bilingual satellite caucuses. Like, that would have not been a thing. Like, we would not be spreading this information, encouraging Latinos here in the state of Iowa to come out and feel comfortable participating in this process, you know? Are you guys in a caucus? Uh, yes. Yep. Yeah. yeah, you got your information? All right, good. So this is the flyer we made for LULAC. Because we're nonpartisan, so we're just trying to get the vote out. And then this is obviously more specific to Bernie Sanders. But the Bernie campaign knew early on about the satellite caucus, and they, they were on it. And they started making the flyers in Spanish. And I know this because I went to stores, and I started seeing them there. Um, so it was important. And I know a lot of people say, oh, okay, we're catering to this small group. And it's true, Latinos only make up 6% of the state. Uh, between 2000 and 2018, 
the population for Latinos increased by over 135%. You know, Latinos are starting to like revitalize these communities and people don't know that or don't think about it because you think Iowa and you don't think much besides, you know, white people, you know, because it is, it is very white here. But again, someone is working that economic backbone, right? I'm getting an energy high. Yeah. <laughs> I feel really good. There was a whole bus that pulled up that dropped off at the Sudanese community, uh, and that was really cool to see. Muchas gracias por venir. We are expecting um, a Latino turnout, but also uh, a Sudanese, uh, the Sudanese community to turn out um, because there have been explicit efforts um, on behalf of the community and the Bernie Sanders campaign to talk to them. I have debt about $30,000 because I finished from my master's degree and I came from Sudan. So I got this opportunity and I'm here. When we go and ask in person uh, for people to come out and show out, it means a lot to them because hardly any of these candidates go and talk to them or knock on their doors. And so each one of them are here, they're walking in with smiles, super excited. So I'm very excited for that. Do you want a Bernie sticker? Yes, that's what it is. Right there. All right. I'm not going to play the whole thing because it. I don't want to, you know, take their content here. But um, The Intercept, if you go to TheIntercept.com, they'll have the whole video. Um, and this is, it shows you what's not being reported by the mainstream press. Have you seen CNN talk about this at all? Or MSNBC talk about this? I mean, this is not being talked about in cable news. And really, it's not even being all that uh, discussed in online publications either, like like uh, The Washington Post or The New York Times. Like, this, is, this has been really only thoroughly reported by The Intercept and other reporters, other independent reporters on the ground. So this is what's being missed throughout this entire Iowa caucus process, that these are the voices that often are the ones that are marginalized, that a Bernie Sanders candidacy can bring into the Democratic Party and take uh, the party and Bernie Sanders above and beyond going into the fall against Donald Trump. All right. All right. Winding down. Two of my weekly segments now. Tweets of the week and polls of the week. So first, I'm going to uh, prep the tweets of the week. Actually, first, yeah, I'll take some Super Chats since I saw there were many I haven't gotten to yet. Um... Uh, it's me, John B. says, driving through Palm Springs for work, listening to your show. You rock. Awesome. What's up, John? Thank you. Uh, Real Life Jolly. Did I say this right? No. I think Real Life Jolly sent one earlier. Yes. Uh, Real Life uh, Jolly says, also, if you are French-Canadian, my name is French. Oh, Jolie. Sorry. <laughs> my apologies. Um, Real Life Jolie says, uh, uh, ever read Les Miserables? Uh, no, I have not. But um, very cool. Cool to have some French, uh, French Canadian viewers. Um, AIC Ram or ACRAM, I always forget. I think I say your name differently every single time. Says, I wrote the Bill of Rights for voting equality. Very short. Can't send link. Google, please talk about another time. Um, all right. Uh, Christopher uh, Idarola says, David, don't get down on the election given the stakes. This was always going to be fi a fight. Keep the faith, man. Oh, I'm not. 
I'm only overwhelmed by all the news. Um, when it comes to, uh, like, yeah, I knew it was going to be a fight. At the same time, I got to say, um, I didn't quite see, you know, democracy being on the line in the process. <laughs> like, when you can't count the votes properly, that's a whole other level of issues. Um, but no, yeah, it was always going to be a fight, and I, my faith is kept. I am, uh, I'm still encouraged. Bernie's in first still. Like, I'm not, I'm not, um, you know. I'm still engaged in the process, is what I'm trying to say. Uh, Seth O says, trust us, we know how stupid it is. <laughs> uh, Zachary Vieira says, Nevada, um, all the precinct captains need to tweet the results, uh, like Chris Schwartz did in Blackhawk. Otherwise, it will be a ringing repeat. Uh, sorry, a rigging repeat. Our votes in the hands of the enemy. Can we start a viral message to make this happen? I don't think that's going to work. Um, I don't know their process, though. Like, it's possible their process is better, though. <laughs> from memory, I vaguely remember, um, I think it was Jimmy Dore who was at the uh, the Nevada caucuses back then. And, like, they were doing a story on it uh, in the caucus, and it was just insanity. Like, it was just total insanity. Actually, if you go and look up uh, Jimmy Dore Nevada caucus, you could probably find those clips still. It, it was just, there was craziness going on. Um, so... We'll have to see how it how it works out this time, but I don't know. I don't know. All caucuses need to get completely abolished. You gotta get rid of caucuses. It's just a stupid process. You can't trust the votes. <clears throat> Matt W says capitalism, not neoliberalism, kills democracy. Um, yeah, but they both do. I mean, they work in tandem. Um, Ryan S says do doctors make less under a single payer system that is a good question um i think it depends what you're doing like if you are i don't know to be honest with you like the doctors that make a ton of money in the u.s from my understanding they're the they're the surgeons um especially if you like specialize in something specifically that other people don't but um look the reality is we have doctors here. <laughs> we have lots of doctors here. If they were that underpaid, we would have no doctors. So doctors stay in this country because they like the system. And honestly, it's also easier for them. They don't got to bargain with an insurance company or talk to an insurance company on behalf of the patient. Like none of that goes on either. Because you're, you're, in a single payer system, you are billing the government. And there's a, like a basically a set, uh, set fare or set price for, for different procedures and, and that kind of thing. So um, there's never that like behind the scenes negotiation going on. So it frees up the doctor's time. They get to focus on the patients more. Uh, they get to focus on their work. So there are benefits um, as opposed to, you know, just looking at pay. There are other benefits as well. Uh, but I don't know a direct answer to your question. I have to, I'd have to look it up and it may take some research. So I'm not, but I'm not positive. Um, Romantic Warrior says, let's not fall for the banana in the tailpipe trick. <laughs> Um, yes, I'm not sure what you're referring to exactly, but sure. Uh, pop reality says progressives are in a civil war with corporatism. We should embrace it. Hashtag Bernie or yellow vest. Uh, Aaron M says Lieutenant Colonel just escorted out of white house. According to his lawyer, Trump quote, I'm not happy with him. You think I'm supposed to be happy with him? I'm not. All right. I don't even know what the story is about. I got to look into that later. Gabriel. Arkari says, keep up the good work. Regards from Sweden. Thank you, Gabriel. 
Uh, Damian Taylor says, does it seem like the audio in Bernie's appearances is usually of poor quality recently? Uh, this is, <laughs> as somebody who uh, was in school for, for video and audio production, yes. And it's not recently. It's like all the time. Uh, the, they're live events. I don't know what the hell is going on with the audio, but the the mics often peak way too early. So they got to do something with that. I don't know if it's how they're, um, uh, how the, the soundboard is processing it or how they're processing it afterwards or, or if it's, if it's the, the mics themselves. I don't know what the exact problem is, but they peak um, before someone's even yelling. Like you'll have Bernie talking at like a regular volume and you will hear distortion in the voice. And it's definitely annoying, definitely a problem. At some point, I would like them to fix it. But it's one of those things where, you know, in the midst of a race, the last thing they're thinking about is that their audio peaks too early. Like it's not, it's not really on their minds, but it definitely annoys me as somebody who notices it. Um, Gina G- uh, Galagos says, is it possible to get the UN to observe the Dem primary? How do we make this happen? That's a good question. And I don't know the answer to it, but uh, yeah, there has to be international oversight over the democratic process in the U S because it doesn't appear to be all that democratic at least not so far. Um, Richard Mays says, just got a notice from Apple News saying Mayo Pete is surging in New Hampshire with a four-point gain while Sanders stalls with a one-point loss since Monday. Sanders leads 31 to 21. (laughs) So there's different... uh, I'm going to get to some of the polls in a bit. There's different polling. So in one poll, Pete is behind Bernie by one point. In another poll, uh, a Monmouth... uh, I think it's Monmouth University poll, or or it's Emerson, I think. Um, the Emerson poll has Bernie up by 10 points. I don't know. Uh, in both cases, though, Buttigieg is in second place. Um, two more here before I get to tweets of the week. Uh, Mockable says Trump was asked about payback for impeachment. He said, you'll see. Scary. Well, he's not going to say no, knowing Trump. So it may just be all talk. Uh, but whatever. The reality is Democrats had to do something like there is, there are many voters who very focused on Trump, like that's their focus. I know that may not be you. That's not me, definitely. But there are many Democratic voters who are very focused on Trump and wanted the Democrats to do something about him. He, like the call to Ukraine is like the least of the problems. So they should have done, a, they should have put a lot more into impeachment. But basically, they had to fight and do something. They had to hold the president to some kind of standard. Otherwise, you have the strong potential of losing many of those uh, voters, many of those people, just suppressing energy in the Democratic Party because you're showing no fight towards Donald Trump. I mean, the Democratic Party, the leadership is horrible, just horrible. I mean, and impeachment on on uh, the this uh, interaction with Ukraine is like at the very like is the least they could do. They should have done a lot more when it comes to fighting him. But it's the least they could do. Um, And I think it will. It can definitely come back to uh, bite Republicans uh, in the butt come um, the fall. If uh, I mean, I know moderate Republicans sounds crazy because not many of them exist. But depending on the state, some of them do exist. And some of those people will switch over to to Democrats um, now that they're seeing Trump be this complete... uh, corrupt figure though i gotta say there can't be many of those people <laughs> like if you haven't switched over from trump by now something's wrong with you so you're you're in a cult and i can't help you 
And the reality is a lot of those so-called moderate Republicans are really just on television. Um, they're millionaires that don't want their taxes raised. So I don't know. But I do think at the very least, Democratic Party should ha should hold uh, the president to some kind of standard, even though that call to Ukraine wouldn't be my main focus. Um, Vip Assam says, heard Bernie d denies the pundit genocide in Kashmir from DNC in my area. Any truth to that? DNC is running a whisper campaign our area with pundits. I don't know anything about... As far as I've seen, Bernie's the only one to even discuss Kashmir. So I don't, I don't, I have no idea um, his position on that exactly. But I haven't seen anyone else even discuss uh, Kashmir at all. So I think it's like just looking at his record and what Bernie has said in the past, I think it's obvious there is one, like when it comes to foreign policy, forget about it. Everybody else is in one camp when it comes to foreign policy. The same camp the Democratic Party's been in for the past, you know, 30 years. Bernie Sanders is on his own when it comes to foreign policy. He's the actual humanitarian. All right. Two more stories, then I'll get all the super chats. So let me uh, get to my tweets of the week, um, which includes a video in one of them. So it's not really a tweet of the week. It's more of a video of the week. Actually, I got two videos coming up. All right, so every week I collect a bunch of tweets that I don't know where to uh, fit into. Let me start that over. Every week I collect tweets that I don't know where to fit into other stories, so I collect them and I share them. So these are the tweets of the week. Let me show you uh, what I collected this week. So you got Lee Fung here saying, here's how much Biden is reliant on big money. Biden's direct campaign, limited by campaign donor limits, just booked only $90,000 of ads in the New Hampshire media market. Biden's super PAC, unlimited donors funded by billionaires run by lobbyists, just booked almost $500,000 in New Hampshire ads today. So Biden started the campaign swearing off super PACs, acting like, oh yeah, I'm also going to do what Bernie's doing, not taking any corporate money, not taking any super PACs. I'm going to you know, run my campaign like I actually give a shit. And he doesn't. <laughs> so he ended up taking it on a super PAC because Biden wasn't able to raise the money he wanted to raise um, without it. So this super PAC is doing all this work for him, running all these ads uh, in New Hampshire, essentially keeping his his uh, campaign afloat. So good piece of information there by uh, or from Lee Fung. Let's get to... Um, so this guy, I got to say, if I know how to say your name properly, Ibrahim, um, fantastic follow follow him. I mean, always posting important clips, uh, newsworthy clips. This was a great moment this week on uh, MSNBC where <laughs> Anangi Adardes completely destroys Jonathan Chait. So Jonathan Chait is the guy that's saying, oh, Bernie can't be the nominee because he will lose to Trump. Jonathan Chait is the guy that's been wrong about every major event in the past 20 years. <laughs> so watch this uh, interaction here doing so well in this moment? It's a very good question. You know, 19 years ago, little known fact, I, uh, as an intern, fact-checked some of Jonathan Chait's pieces of the New Republic. Uh, <laughs> I'm not sure I can help him now with this argument um, <laughs> because I don't think it is our job as journalists to predict. 
right? And I think one of the uh, one of the the points that was made when when Jonathan wrote his piece, which was thoughtful and 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 a and a, and a coherent argument, but I think inherently getting into this ter terrain of predicting and. John predicted the Iraq war would go well. John predicted uh, that Trump would lose decisively to Hillary Clinton and suggested that Republicans, the Democrats, cheer his nomination by the Republican Party. I think we should be humble uh, when we have those kinds of records. I don't well, I predict for a living. I report. I'm a reporter. Doing so well in this moment. Right. It's a very good question. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sad they cut it at the end there while Jonathan Chait was uh, reacting to him being owned. Look at that. Look at this fucking loser. <laughs> his nomination by the Republican Party. I think we should be humble uh, when we have those kinds of... Yeah. If you are wrong about every major event over the past 20 years, maybe stop making predictions. Maybe. Maybe stop making a fool out of yourself. So a non-geared artist uh, with a great moment here, um, just completely annihilating Jonathan Chait, and he's going to be wrong again. So just you wait. This tweet here, so this was sent out by um, Johnny Boy CA, or maybe Johnny Boysa, I don't know, says, must watch. Uh, so this is Don Lemon. Um, to be honest with you, I kind of forget this interaction, but I do remember enjoying it, so let's watch it. Because you and I had a conversation. I thought, and this was me, that just sort of observing that people had sort of written off Bernie Sanders after the heart attacks, and here he is. It, it could win. I mean, you could say he did win because I, I agree with Estad. It's pretty close. I think yeah. they both won. Yeah. Um, but were they? Do you think they're gonna? They both overperformed or outperformed expectations. I think. So I'm wondering, do you think that they're gonna miss out on the bounce? So I never thought he was counted out, and well, I and I thought, thought he was gonna win Iowa. So I don't, and I think there were a lot of people who thought that. Uh, I, so it's true that because Mayor Pete kind of is, you know, came out of nowhere in this cycle that it is a bigger deal that he won there. But somehow Bernie Sanders does always seem to get robbed of everything. So I, I just want to say, like, we need to be careful about acting like it's not a big deal that he did as well as he I did in Iowa. And that he may actually end up winning and 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 very well is going to win New Hampshire. And, that was the point of my question. Yeah. Because people had counted him out, and I think it's a, it's just a real comeback. Yeah, I don't know why anybody would have counted him out, honestly. Yeah. He's got such a base of support. He had a great organization in Iowa. Iowa. And so, you know, I, I think it was a mistake for anybody to do that. Yeah. Uh, and ground game is everything in Iowa. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I understand that strategically that what Mayor Pete did was probably the right thing to do. But it's it's I found it slightly sleazy. I mean, because he didn't win and he didn't know that he won and he went out and said something in the end. He actually may not win. Yeah. You know, and so I, I don't actually think that that I don't know. It, it doesn't endear. It bothers you. You think it bothers yeah. you? This, this speech. Yeah, because you don't. You don't know that. I mean, it, and in the end, it might not even be true. Let's move forward tonight and talk about. So that was awesome. Um, does her name come up? Because I don't know who this is. Oh, Kirsten Powers. I think I've seen her on Twitter. Um, so that's who that is, Kirsten Powers. Yeah, that was great. Um, I like her comments saying, I don't know why you would <laughs> why you would count him out. I don't think anyone should count him out. So there you go. Um, Kirsten Powers rejecting the, uh, the CNN narrative that they've had over the past, you know, four months. All right. Now, the last tweet of the week. Um, this was posted by 
One man left the army. Uh, what's going on here, Joanne Reed? So back in 2016, Joy Reed tweets, uh, this is after Hillary wins Iowa, uh, and Hillary is neither a caucus thief nor an accidental victor. Winning Iowa, even narrowly, was a legit boost to her campaign. Now, today, am I wrong to think that 6,000 votes is not exactly a revolutionary margin? Either way, so <laughs> not exactly a revolutionary mar margin. Uh, either way, so neither of the top two finishers in Iowa got much out of it regardless of the outcome. And it wasn't Team Sanders, uh, and it wasn't, sorry, and wasn't it Team Sanders uh, that's insisted on keeping caucuses after 2016 because he did better in them? Absurd. So here you have Hillary winning by, she won that race by 0.2%. Huge victory. I mean, clearly a legit boost to her campaign. Here you have Sanders with 6,000 more votes, which is big in Iowa, by the way. 6,000 more votes, um, which is more than 0.2%. Uh, 6,000 votes uh, over Buttigieg in Iowa. Not a big deal. I mean, who cares? I mean, this, is, this means nothing. Let's move on. <laughs> I mean, the hypocrisy of these people uh, knows no bounds. All right. And those are the tweets of the week. Let's get to polling now. There were, from what I saw, there were less polls this week than what I normally collect, or it may just be because I was too engaged in, um, actually, now that I'm seeing the list, maybe there's a lot, but I don't think it, as much polling came out this week as before. Actually, this one's old, so I'm not even going to use that. Just prepping this, and then I'll do this story, then I'll do all the super chats at once. How about that? Okay. <clears throat> so I collected some polls over the course of this week. This is uh, mostly polling that happened after the Iowa caucuses on Monday, and now it's Friday. So you're going to see um, basically what the race looks like going into New Hampshire next week. So first here, this is a national Reuters poll, or Reuters Ipsos poll. Uh, this is on issues. So who is the best candidate on healthcare? Bernie Sanders leads with 30 to Biden's 17, Warren's 13, Bloomberg 11, Buttigieg 4. Um, environment, Sanders 23, Biden 14, Bloomberg 12, Steyer 9. Um, then we go down to economy and jobs. Sanders leading again, 21 to Bloomberg 20. This, I mean, the fact that Bloomberg's in second here in this close behind Sanders shows you the power of a billionaire. This is all through his own ads. So in some ways you can say, maybe it's good that Bloomberg will eventually uh, appear, it appears he'll be on a future debate stage because he'll actually be challenged on his horrible record. But uh, still, Sanders leads here 21 to Bloomberg at 20, Biden at 16, Warren 12. And a strong progressive, Sanders 29, Warren 14, Biden 12, Bloomberg 12. Uh, on immigration, this is hilarious. Biden is leading Sanders here, 22% to Sanders in eight at 18. Uh, Warren, 11. Bloomberg, 8. Um, national security, again, hilarious. Biden, 32. Sanders, 15. So, uh, actually, there's more. Can unify the Democratic Party? Biden, 26. Again, absurd. Sanders, 16. Warren, 11. Uh, most likely to beat Trump in the general election. Again, mostly based off a of mainstream media narrative, Biden 30, Sanders 18, Bloomberg 13. 
And there's more. <laughs> it's the last one. Um, new and different voice. Sanders and Buttigieg tied at 17%. All right. So most of these uh, issues Sanders is leading in. Um, but then, uh, I mean, this one, how many times do I have to try and inform the misinformed about Biden's electability? Like at this point, I'm not even sure if I'm all that worried about Biden. He's polling in like fourth place right now in New Hampshire. Um, or we're going to see where he's polling at when I get to the numbers. But um, Sanders is the most electable because he's able to bring out communities that don't normally vote. That's the bottom line. Youth, the youth, uh, marginalized communities, as you saw in Iowa, I covered that during the live stream. Um, uh, working class voters that don't normally vote, independents, progressive independents. So the people that voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016 will come out regardless of the candidate in 2020. But Sanders reaches out to voters who don't normally vote. That's what, what takes you as a nominee over the top of Donald Trump in 2020. Let's get to the next poll. This is uh so this was the this is, a, this is actually a two-parter because initially 538's forecast um, for uh, early states and Super Tuesday has Sanders the best chance of winning every state. So New Hampshire, Nevada, California, Texas, North Carolina, Virginia, Massachusetts, Minnesota, Colorado, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Utah, Maine, Vermont, except for South Carolina and Alabama which goes to Joe Biden. But that then changed. Uh, as Samuel D. Finkelstein says here, as of this morning, 538 says Bernie will sweep all 50 states. I'm not kidding, all of them. <laughs> Let's make it happen. So you see him winning here in Texas, South Carolina, California, Massachusetts. Um, so that's their projection. Again, none of this... None of this is set in stone. Everything can completely change. All like, but what matters here is to stay focused on the race and understand that your like your support, your volunteer uh, time, your your donations, door knocking, phone banking, all that works. Your discussions with family and friends, all that works. So keep doing it, um, and hopefully lead to a victory. Um, and five thirty eight here overall gives uh, odds of winning the Dem nomination. Uh, 49% to Bernie Sanders, and then no one's in second place at 23%, <laughs> then Biden at 17, Warren at 8, Buttigieg at 3%. All right, the next one here. Uh, National Morning Consult Poll. So this is... Uh, oh, yeah, okay, National Poll, yeah. So um, Biden uh, down five, now in second place. Bernie overtaking Biden for first place at 25%, jumping up three points. Bloomberg's in third at 15%. He's actually gone down one. It's amazing Bloomberg is even in the top three. Um, Buttigieg is a plus five in this national poll at 12%. Warren's down two. It really seems like Warren's campaign is about to just just be done. Um, I hope she doesn't stay in past the early states. Let's get to... This is most likely to lure primary voters in wake of Iowa results. So can't zoom in much closer but bernie sanders here is the uh there we go um bernie sanders is leading in terms of uh encouraging people or or, or getting people uh, uh most involved uh, out to vote so democratic primary voters were asked whether the results of the iowa caucuses made them more or less likely to vote for the following so bernie leads in more likely so much more likely somewhat more likely and then don't know is the middle there so uh you see here sanders 
His supporters are more likely to support him. Biden supporters uh, just behind Bernie in second place. Um, Bloomberg somehow, again, buying his way into this race now in a top three spot for people that are more likely to vote for uh, him as a candidate. And then it just goes down from there. So again, we don't know. All of this is just data pieces that we don't know if will actually translate into any anything real, but it's just information to be aware of. Um, Monmouth poll for New Hampshire. Uh, Bernie Sanders is up six points since January. He's in first place at 24%. Uh, Buttigieg is no change um, at 20%. Joe Biden's down two points at 17. Elizabeth Warren's down two points at 13. Amy Klobuchar up three points at 9%. And this was over the third to the fifth. So fairly recent polling here. And uh, this Emerson poll slash seven news post Iowa poll for New Hampshire. Uh, Sanders leading uh, by nine points, 32% in first place. Buttigieg, 23% in second. Warren, 13%. Biden, 11%. So it really drops off after Buttigieg uh, for New Hampshire. All right. So that kind of gives you an idea of maybe what to expect in New Hampshire. Um, Again, we don't know how uh, the media, or at least I should say CNN, during the town hall saying Buttigieg won the Iowa caucuses when their own reporting contradicted that. So it's unclear how this whole story will play out, how the whole Iowa debacle will play out with voters in New Hampshire. But it appears Sanders is still in the lead. That said, keep it up. Keep up the push. Keep up the door knocking, the phone banking, the uh, the small donations, like whatever you can. Talk to friends and family. Stay involved in the process. And if you're in New Hampshire, my God, make sure you go out and vote and bring people with you. That's how you will deliver um, not even just Sanders, but the people uh, a victory come the fall. All right. Now it's time for every super chat that I missed. I'm not sure where I stopped either, so it's going to be fun to find that. Um, I think I was, I think I'm at Jaguar Rose. I feel like Trump would use the video of immigrants voting for Bernie against him in the general. (laughs) He'll say Bernie cheated and let illegals vote. No, that's not going to, here's the, here's the reality. Trump can do that. That's only going to help like that's only going to invigorate his base that's only going to come out for him like that's coming out for him regardless so trump can play those games but there are a lot more people that will come out and vote for bernie sanders um if if trump highlights that then will hurt him so like a piece of propaganda like that again will only make his supporters be like yeah trump the same people that were going to come out and vote for trump regardless you're not reaching any new voters by being racist so sure trump can try that but sanders is able to bring out a lot more uh, new voters into the process abby torres pina says would it be more beneficial for bernie to give a detailed breakdown of how medicare for all would be paid for through taxes versus saying it will save the average family 12k no 
Look at what happened to Elizabeth Warren. She gave a detailed breakdown and then put it into two different bills, and she lost a ton of support. You don't, it is so dishonest for the media to keep talking about the cost of, of Medicare for all when it is cheaper than the current system. So you don't play their game. You don't play on their turf. You set the rules. The actual facts are that when you take out a profit-making middleman, you save money on health care. How this is not obvious to everyone, like this is, how, this is how Bernie should be communicating it. How this is not obvious, like why the media keeps lying about this is because they keep buying advertisements on this station. Like you don't buy into their BS narrative. So no, don't give a detailed breakdown. It, it's You save a shit ton of money under a single payer system because you take out the profit-making middleman. It's that simple. Brian Otry says... Thankfully, in California, people registered as no party preference can still vote in the Dem primary. I left the party in 2016. Can't see myself going back. Even still, um, like the kinds of games that the Democratic Party will play, which is is you don't know, which is why I say register as a Democrat, regardless of any of the rules they're telling you, because you don't know how they're going to play a game with you. Like it just I was already seeing some BS about California and like how there's there's multiple pages when it comes to the electronic ballots or the, the machines they're using. And I think like Bernie's on the second page, like it, it was all done randomly, but it ends up being where um, I think Bernie's on the second page, Biden's on like the third page, Warren's on the first page. Like who knows how that may affect the vote. And it could definitely affect the vote. If you, if you were able to vote for somebody while just say, staying on the first page and not being forced to actually look through all the candidates, that could definitely have a negative impact um, on whoever, on whatever candidates are on the, the second, third, fourth pages. Uh, Alma says, help David out and hit the like button. Yes. Thank you, Alma, for pointing that out. Yes, hit the like button below. Thank you. Uh, Jan Johansson says, greetings from evil socialist Sweden. <laughs> uh, thank you for the super chat. Unicorn Milk says, I don't think you realize how much of an impact you make on American history. Um, as a vet, I would like to thank you for your service. You serious? Thank you. I don't think I make much of an impact on American history. Um, I mean, I guess, well, if, if Bernie wins, then maybe I did. <laughs> maybe I brought out just a few thousand people, just enough to take him over the top. Who knows? Um, no, but, but thank you, I guess. I don't view myself as you view me, but uh, that's very kind. Thank you. Um, Real life, uh, Jolie says excellent pronunciation. Uh, thank you. Uh, AI Cram says, please read slash I wrote slash so no need to tell me to read Bill of Rights for voting equality. Uh, Marcia, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, Gabriel says, moderate Republicans equal Democrats. Mm, I would put it the opposite way, moderate Democrat. Equal Republicans, <laughs> moderate Democrats, equal Republicans. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is why the party could be like four different parties. Like there was that quote that AOC or, or the AOC quote where she said how if we were in any other country, Joe Biden and me wouldn't be in the same party. It's 100 percent true. Joe Biden like in Canada, Joe Biden would be, he could be considered a conservative because Joe Biden doesn't even support single-payer health care, even though our conservative party does. So you could say Joe Biden is actually further right, at least on health care, than our conservative party in Canada. Meanwhile, you could argue AOC is further left than the NDP and the Greens. Um, 
then again, I mean, it depends on the MP. So it depends on who you're talking about. Because, uh, you know, someone like uh, Nikki Ashton is very pro-Bernie, very pro-AOC, and she's an, an NDP MP. But um, in terms of the leadership of the parties, yeah. Biden and AOC would be in completely different parties here. Um, <clears throat> Joe Biden says, now listen here, Canada, you, me, GoldenEye64. Now... <laughs> I used to play GoldenEye 64 a lot back in the day. Um, have not played that for, I don't know, probably 30 years. Who knows? Uh, I guess 20 years. 20 years. Uh, Mateus N. says, which wines from Ontario are good to drink? Don't ask me about wine. I don't know anything about wine. Um, I have no clue. Uh, Adisiva D., says thanks for all your hard work love this channel thank you gabriel says they both outperformed complete bs mr sir says if aliens saw our elections what would they think um <laughs> i mean you'd have to assume that the aliens have some some concept of democracy and voting um but i can tell you what i think as someone who I guess you consider to be, uh, you can consider to be a, an alien, as I'm not part of your country. I think it's crazy. <laughs> That's what I think. I think your elections are completely insane. Uh, how they're handled, everything. I mean, even look, we not to think, not to say Canada's perfect. We have our own issues. Like we're also first past the post as the as Americans are. Um, so popular vote doesn't necessarily mean you're going to win, and you can form a, a majority government with just forty percent of the vote based on first past the post, how it works. So uh, yeah, we have definite issues. But when it comes to just counting the votes, no issues there. The votes are counted. <laughs> so it, it is just crazy what your system is. It is just crazy. <clears throat> uh, PJ Coin says, how can you trust any state election result? I don't know. I don't know. But you have to vote, right? Like you had, that's the thing. It, you have to be engaged. Like, there's no point thinking that way because all it leads to is is uh, basically making people feel like they're helpless and they can't do anything. So don't think that way. You can definitely overwhelm the results. And even if there are discrepancies, uh, still potentially win because you, you overwhelmingly voted for one candidate. But, you know, unless you're actually in the room counting the votes yourself, uh, yourselves, you never know 100% anything. Kevin McAlpine says, I'm so glad uh, Georgia is open. Also, AVR with license. I don't know what this means. Oh, you mean open primary? I friggin' hope so. Yeah, open... My God, to have closed primaries is so undemocratic and just... It's not smart for the party. Like, this is what I say about Hillary Clinton. She was able to secure the nomination in 2016, obviously partly because of, you know, the, the rigging, but also because uh, of the the system in place. I mean, that's really where most of the rigging was taking place was just the system that exists of closing out voters if you aren't a registered Democrat. How do you expect to have a strong candidate in the general election if you don't even allow independents to vote for your Democratic nominee during the primary? Like, it's a stupid process. So if you actually have open primaries where independents, anyone can, can come vote, 
then you actually have a better shot at having a candidate that can that can uh, win in the fall because you're not just appealing to you know Democratic people that are or people that are registered to, to one party. You're appealing to everybody during the primary process. But again, your elections are dumb. What can I say? The Absolute Wanderer says, are you aware of the slow growth of your channel? Um, you mean right now or in general? Um, yes, I'm aware. It grew quickly at one point And then, so YouTube has done this thing where it is, if you just go on YouTube, you aren't, you aren't logged in and you search up news stories, like you search up, I don't know, Bernie Sanders, Iowa. I'm not going to pop up. You're going to get pages and pages of like CNN, MSNBC, the, the official Bernie Sanders page. You won't get to independent media for a while. So the YouTube uh, algorithm changed to uh, really uplift what they called uh, authoritative news sources. So corporate outlets. So in that process, they suppressed a ton of independent media um, by lifting up uh, corporate media. So that has affected the the growth of all progressive channels um, since that, that change happened. Um, at the same time, I'm very happy with my audience um, where I'm at. Like, obviously, I want to appeal or I want to be able to speak to more people and inform more people. Like, that's why it angers me that you can't find my videos when you search them uh, on YouTube unless you put my name in. Um, but I'm not complaining. I mean, I have I used to have no followers. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? Like it, it, it would feel very, uh, I don't know. It wouldn't make sense for me to complain about the status of my channel when I'm very happy with uh, the growth that I've, I've seen. Um, Mockable says, uh, uh, in New York, you must be Dem to vote in Dem primary sucks. Yeah. New York state is closed off. Is a closed primary state. All right. Let me, uh, finish up the last couple super chats here and then get out of here. The absolute wanderer says, but I love your work and I still share your videos on Facebook. Keep it up. You Kyle, Jimmy really got me involved in politics. Keep doing you. Thank you so much for the kind words. Um, and pizza pasta cat says hashtag Pete's billionaires is trending on Twitter. Love it. That's fantastic. All right. Thank you all for coming again. Go to the Facebook page. I want to hit 10,000 followers on Facebook. I discussed that at the beginning of the stream, but basically I want to grow the Facebook page a little more since it reaches a, a different generation, uh, you could say. So um, facebook.com slash TRN show. So like my Twitter handle, my my rational national Twitter handle, TRN show. Uh, go there, follow, sub to the Facebook channel, and uh, that will help me quite a bit. Did I just hear one more super chat? You're coming in late. Remember, there's a minute delay here, so I'm not seeing some of these. I may not get your super chat if I cut off before the delay hits. Um, AI Cram says, are you not understanding just to get more money? Hey, what? Are you not understanding just to get more money? Please read what you ha- when you have time, the Bill of Rights for voting equality. Just say yes and try to do it later. You'll be glad you did. Thanks. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Um, David Nguyen says, uh, big super chat. Thank you. If after New Hampshire, it comes down to Bernie versus Pete, we shouldn't underestimate Pete. They'll definitely use their age. uh, They'll use their age difference more. We need to push on how Bernie's always been on the right side of history, whereas Pete has not. Yeah. Um, I mean, they can use the age difference, but that's not fooling any younger voters. Like, 
it's so weird that like, <laughs> Pete's trying to use his age as a way to like be like, I, I should be the nominee because I'm younger. Yet he has no support from the youth. So, no. We see right through him because we can actually look into his history, what he supports, who's who's supporting him, the money he's raising, who, who he's raising, uh, raising money from. So, sure, they can try to use the uh, the age difference as an issue, but it's really not going to impact many voters. All right. It sounds like the delay hit because I can hear new super chats coming in. Okay, let me just get these last ones, then I'm out. Amy the third, I think, says, can you name the sources that mention the 2020 candidates will be on separate pages on the ballot? I believe you, but I want to look into it more. Um, I heard that from Jenk. So Jenk Uger, who's actually on the ballot because he's running in, uh, uh, I think it's California's 25th district, but he's running a, as a as a congressional candidate. Um, so I think they, they did a report on it, but if, if you look up California, um, I don't know, elect, electronic voting uh, pages, just put those words into Google, maybe something will come up. Again, I'm at the end of the stream here, so I can't do too much now, but um, you'll find it. And Roman says the time is now. Yes, good super chat to end on. The time is now, indeed. Make sure you seize it. All right, I'll be back next week. Let's hope um, the result of New Hampshire is a good one. <laughs> and if I do a live stream of the debate, which I can't guarantee I will, but if I do, it'll be on Twitch. And the Twitch link is below the video in the description box. So just click on that. You'll see my Twitch channel. And uh, it's because I can't, I can't stream um, cable news on YouTube without there being copyright issues. So if I do cover it, it'll be on Twitch. Uh, possibly look out for that, but possibly not. All right. Thank you. And uh, see you next week.